This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hi, Rubin. Hey, Suzanne. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm pretty good. You said uh, you have a busy night, so we should just uh, chat for a little bit, and then you should hit the road, <laughs> right? <laughs> You're like, let's go. Make let's a, go. Make let's a quick be show. Be funny. Be funny now. <laughs> be funny. Go. Go. Um, uh, well, I... Well, I was actually talking about something to a friend of mine and they were asking how I've sort of changed like about the podcast and I was saying oh, it's super fun. I really like it. And um, they're asking if my photography style is actually changing. And I said the is biggest it? thing, I think, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that I'm sort of seeing things differently and giving myself permission to be a little bit more patient. I think I, I have a tendency to go fast and move to the next thing. And where in the past, if I was, if I saw something unique or interesting, I'd just take a quick photo and like send it to a friend of like, look at that. So you take a couple more pictures than you used to? Is that what it is? Or I, you just slow down? I think I, I just slow down. And I, I see, it's like the things that I would see before, I would, I'll actually like stop and I'll like pull over or I'll stop walking oh, or I'll good. take time to, um, you know, <laughs> make you know gotta wait to make it great where i will hold I the camera little, i love your little thing <laughs> wait to make it great we should have t-shirts we, we could do we can have we, merch mer <laughs> <laughs> okay wait to make it great uh, get what the cliche, it? Out, get of the the cliche way. out of the way i like that okay so you're doing some of this stuff that's good yeah but it's it's giving myself permission to sort of see things and let the moment happen like uh just be be more present, which yes. has been um, one of those like stop to smell the roses. It's like stop to take some photo, pictures of those photo roses. the roses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, you know, it makes me think as you saying that um, taking pictures of the roses. <laughs> There's something about the cliche stuff I wanted to mention, and yeah. it's not really a warning. It's not the okay. right word, but here, this, here, <laughs> here. it's funny when I've been at uh, photo conferences or whatever where I'm with other artists or judges looking at contests and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, there's a couple classification categories of things that beginners take pictures of that they don't want to see. Oh, really? Yeah. It what was are weird. they? Well, there's a, I mean, it's all, it depends, right? And okay. they'll let you know. But frequently, uh, judges and things will say, like, first of all, they'll say, like, no nudes. Mm. And it's not they're being um, uh, prudish. Victorian or prudish in some way. They just have, it's just the most boring. They see everyone wants to try it, and they're the most cliched kind of pictures ever. Huh. And we can talk about that in a second. But there's other categories. There was like, uh, homeless people, you know, it's just a, it, it feels easy to take a picture of someone who's like really down, uh, trodden. downtrodden and, um, they're, it's so gritty and mm -hmm. whatever, and they're all over the place and it's just, not, it doesn't make for great photography. Hmm. It, it, similarly for just sort of old people, people hmm. looking really grisly and old, mm -hmm. they, it's, it, it, especially in black and white, it just makes, ooh, it's gritty. So and, much texture. It is. And there's so much emotion there, yeah. but it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel that uh, they're off, often capturing the humanity. It's just this sort of superficial look of grittiness. Okay. Um, so be careful. If you're going to take pictures of that, um, 
But so when you enter a photo contest, does it say like no no homeless people, no nudes, (laughs) no old people? Uh, You know what? I've been in certain contests where the judges will say um, no nudes and no what else have I seen? Like no cemeteries. Okay. You know, it's again, there's nothing wrong with cemetery pictures, but they get a lot of cemeteries. Also a lot of uh, chipping paint. Mm. Like these are hold still though. (laughs) (laughs) I love chipping paint. And actually, honestly, one of my favorite pictures ever made um, is by Aaron Siskind called uh, Jerome, Arizona. I I should get a picture of it. it. It is sublime it's gorgeous and it is just chipping paint yeah. but i think ever since jerome arizona everyone takes pictures of chipping paint <laughs> uh same you know gnarly wood uh let's see so chipping paint nude cemetery do you mean like really awesome wood or do you mean like gnarled wood no i just mean you're a big wood uh, fan oh, I i'm know. a big wood fan but you know when you, people it, the, prob- the problem is that these are very photogenic things yeah um but people don't bring a lot of themselves to it Oh, like and the feeling. There's you don't no, get and there's a, not a lot of feeling, feeling to it. It doesn't feel personal. And so they end up just being boring, um, interesting looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like one classification of stuff that beginners do. And, and I try to check in. I mean, I say get the cliche out of the way. If you see a picture, if you see a scene and you're at a cemetery, I have pictures of cemeteries. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite pictures is in the Paris, uh, Paris Le Chaise, like mm-hmm. the cemetery yeah. there. And I love that picture. And I know not to do pictures of cemeteries but so I'm if careful. you want to enter them in a contest i would not send that one in the contest. <laughs> but i love that picture and yeah. I, and so to me crap to me when i'm taking pictures if it's going to be a an old person if it's going to be a cemetery or a nude i'm really pushing myself i mean i'm entering into that in my head thinking okay how how is this different how am i pushing this is this really an amazing picture or is it just the subject just demands it's so cool I want to take a picture of it but if you have a feeling if you're conveying a feeling I think that's a would be a good thing to kind of keep in mind people could be the judge and and you know what again if you're beginning these are great subjects and it's kind of fun to go to a cemetery or to go wander around with a zoom lens and take pictures of homeless people I guess but you know I I know people who won't take pictures of children uh, other people children in particular but there's this feeling you go to a foreign country and the kids are running around in the streets and mm-hmm. you just think oh it's so beautiful and photogenic i'm going to take pictures of them and it's a kind of sort of cultural appropriation it's it's sort of weird hmm. um and it, it speaks to that invasive nature of photography where we feel like oh we're just taking pictures it's not like i'm taking their soul but you know what the minute you stick that camera in these, these poor people's face you know for just a second mm-hmm. And you just feel like a uh, a user, kind of a taker. So uh, I, I would just have a sort of a, a yellow warning light to mm-hmm. be sort of be mindful of that. So that's sort of the subject content that I think beginners might want to... Being too voyeuristic versus being kind of compassionate. Yeah, if you bring some real compassion to it, maybe that's fine. Uh, uh, so the other thing that beginners kind of do a little bit is um, if they're doing some post-production, like mm-hmm. they have a light room or even using their phones... Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to over-crank everything. <laughs> and uh, in particular, saturation. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I understand because the camera actually isn't great at capturing what you see with your eye. And somehow you looked out at that sunset, it was beautiful, and now you look at your picture and it just feels sort of flat. Mm-hmm. And so you crank the saturation up and, and it feels like that's making it more the way you saw it. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the truth. That's, yeah. That was the reality. Just as the camera crushed it doesn't mean that it didn't look like that. But, but the net result is that 
beginners and and amateurs in general and and in this case i do mean sort of amateurish amateurs Mm -hmm. are cranking those saturation values to a point that it feels saccharine it just feels kind of yucky Hmm. you know so uh, sometimes take it down Uh, sometimes it's fun to um try undersaturating pictures and just seeing how that looks yeah if you're going soft color yeah just sometimes it's a little less shouting Hmm. look at this it's so beautiful oh my god you know and you crank that up how did they used to make color photos didn't they color on the like the negatives or something with with color pencil depends how far back you go i mean when color when the kodak color processings were invented um no, they weren't coloring on there, obviously. But I think early on, there's lots of hand coloring stuff that was done. Yeah. There's different techniques. I mean, if we want to get into it, there's all kinds of ways people using different technologies make photographs. Mm-hmm. And, and hand coloring um, was very common around the turn of the century. Um, I have a set of photographs from Japan. And it was a big thing. It was uh, in like postcards. If you went to Japan in the early 1900s, there were artists there who would take pictures and hand color them and were famous for these sort of hand colored old photos. Yeah. They weren't old there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But they, they became, were but old now, they're old. now they're old. <laughs> uh, so that's, so they, um, the other thing that they'll, people will do, especially now with the iPhones is they crank, um, the bokeh. And now bokeh is a, a word. It's a made up word. I hate the word. Okay. And I don't stand alone on this. I've, I've run into other photographers who find this just a, I don't even like saying the word Boca. It just so. It, and you're from Florida, so Boca Raton is not what it is. It's scarred. It's a. It's a. It's sort of an Americanization of a Japanese word. Okay. And what it is is the fuzziness in depth of field. When your f stop is is small and there's a short depth of field, everything behind that focal plane is out of focus. Mm-hmm. And if you crank your f-stop, if you have a camera that you can crank the f-stop, mm-hmm. up to f64 or some high number, you see a ton of depth, right? Okay. So that look, that fuzziness of things that are in the distance, okay. um, sometime around the 90s, maybe 2000s, like it's a modern thing. Like when I was a kid, no one, the, the, the word didn't exist. Right. I'm, I don't know this word. It's a goofy word, bokeh, mm-hmm. but B-O-K-E-H-A-H? I don't want to spell it because I don't want anyone using it. So don't Google <laughs> don't it. Don't Google it. <laughs> but but bokeh is another... Now that you can do it on your phone, you have depth sensors on the camera. Mm-hmm. So it can calculate depth. And then you can apply a fuzziness to the non-subject layer. Okay. So it's a great technology. I mean, or vice versa. Can you blur the foreground or does it not do I don't think you can blur the foreground. I don't okay. think that's a thing. Okay. But you blur the background... Uh, and this was actually technology stuff that I was, you know, interested in working on at Adobe. Like, mm-hmm. once you have a depth camera, there's all kinds of cool stuff you can do. And mm-hmm. depth is one of the great things you can add to a, a, a smartphone camera. A smartphone camera has got a tiny little, it's like a pinhole camera. So generally, historically, those pictures are in focus super deep. Mm-hmm. And so you couldn't get that photographic look. You couldn't really mm-hmm. play with that, which was critical for being a photographer, when you want to simplify your subjects, when you want to do all that stuff, you're going to blow, you're going to yeah. fuzz it up. But but beginners crank the bokeh. They crank up that fuzziness. So bokeh you, is the setting or bokeh is the result? It's the result. I don't even know if there's a word for the set. Like people just get in their thing and they change the depth of field okay. on, their, on their iPhone pictures. And you create these sort of surreal, almost grotesque subject in focus and everything around them out of focus. Got it. Like unnaturally so. 
Uh, is it kind of also, I mean, like portrait mode, how it sort of just can totally darken? Yeah, the, it, it's is stuff it sort of like, like that. It's okay. sort of, it's in that, it's the same technology. Okay. But darkening it is one thing and mm -hmm. blurring it is another thing. So uh, I think I would leave beginners with this idea that you don't have to crank it. You know, it's mm -hmm. like a depth of field is a great thing. Saturation is a great thing. Um, playing with it in post-production is all of those things I totally embrace. Mm -hmm. As long as you're not taking a picture of, you know, the cemetery and, you know, a nude <laughs> in the cemetery. But, oh, so <laughs> but take it back, a, pay, take it down a notch mm -hmm. and you'll look less amateurish. Yeah. I think your pictures will look better uh, all the time. I, we see this at Neo Modern. Some people come in with pictures and they've just cranked the saturation up and, you know, we'll talk with them about it. If they want, or if they really want that, that it's, it's a look, Yeah. but it's a sort of a hyper real look. It's like too much HDR. Mm -hmm. You know, when you crank the HDR, it also has a very weird look mm -hmm. to it. And, you know, we're not trying to make truth and it's kind of a neat effect, but people overdo it. So are you able to like tone it down when they take it to you at Neo Modern? Can you like if they, if they give us, if they come in with original files, if they've okay. already sort of flattened it, if they've okay. already like crushed Saved that, over. we can't, yeah, we can't uh, undo something that's been sort of built into it like that. Got it. But um, when people come in with pictures that are more the original files, mm -hmm. we can do a lot with them. Cool. So anyway, think about those things. Get out of the cemetery and... Uh, Oh, I can't even begin to read that. I will just <laughs> say to everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Please go to neomodern.com forward slash podcast to see uh, additional information, show notes, and photos. And if you have a question or you'd like us to talk about something on the air, you can leave that message there too. And thanks to jazz great Mitchell Foreman for our incredible theme music. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to work on and maybe think about until.